Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning into the show. I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 59th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Uh, it's about that time of the year for some NCAA basketball. Uh, biggest time of the year for a lot of people. Uh, March Madness and everything. We're about to get into that really soon. Uh, but to start the NCAA basketball conversation off, we're about to hit it off with last week's conference tournaments. Uh, guys, what did you think about the tournaments? Uh, let's just start off with the SEC. Yeah, the uh, SEC tournament went as we expected. Uh, Kentucky ran the table. Uh, looked pretty good doing it. Um, an interesting final, in my opinion. Uh, Arkansas, not really on the radar, ended up being an eight seed in the tournament, which, you know, it, it isn't too bad. Um Really, for any team, you know, you get into the tournament and you have a chance. So, you know, credit to Arkansas getting into the SEC final and helping the resume out a little bit. But, you know, Kentucky is just a big, strong, good on both ends of the floor. And, you know, good coaching wins in March and Calipari knows how to win. So, you know, this is what we expected. Um, And that was, was kind of the story of the SEC all year. Yeah, uh, no big surprises in this one. Uh, the most talented team, uh, just kind of ran the table and, uh, and that's just the way it went. Uh, Kentucky was just juggernaut, went through everybody and did what they needed to do, took it down. All right. Uh, now what do you guys think about the Pac-12? Uh, this one, well, Darnell and I both kind of sided with UCLA, but um, Arizona got got hot in the end and um, you know beat them in the semifinal. Uh, I, I actually really like Arizona; really good both ends of the floor, good guard play. Um, you know, Arizona hasn't made it super far in the John Miller, so maybe this will be their year. They got uh, Laurie Markkinen being his really risen uh, late in the year, so. Hopefully his play keeps up for Arizona. I'd like to see them make a far. It'll just mean good, you know, the good teams are getting to the end. And uh, credit to Arizona, you know, it hurt hurt Oregon that they lost their best shot blocker and rim protector. Um, that you win, you know, they say defense wins championships, then you lose your best defender. Uh, but I, I still expect Oregon to uh, make some noise in the in the big dance. Uh, Dylan Brooks, I think, is good enough to propel them to a few wins. But yeah, Arizona, good two-way team. Um, you know, good for them to win the uh, pac Yeah. Uh, they not shocked that they pulled this one off, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, they also was basically another time where just that, that team that had the most talent on, and they just took over and did what they needed to do, uh, especially after Arizona became a complete team again, uh, getting a full roster. Uh, they've been just a load to deal with from anybody. And, uh, I think it's going to be that way come tourney time too. Yeah. And, and to, I guess, just remind everybody, we both said any of the three teams could win that conference tournament in UCLA, Arizona, and Oregon. So if any of those teams would have won, it wouldn't have been surprising. We knew that that was a three horse race where it was going to come right to the finish. Yeah. All right, guys. Now, what about the ACC? 
Uh, you want to start this one off, Darnell? I kind of took the last couple there. Yeah. I was mildly surprised on this one. I mean, Duke has been playing a lot better recently. Uh, but, you know, they they seem to be putting it together, and this was they're looking like that team that started the season ranked number one uh, in the nation. Yeah. Uh, they, they're they doing some nice things. Uh, Jason Tatum's picking it up. Uh, what well, the the habitual tripper is seems to be keeping himself <laughs> under control and 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 they're playing good basketball. Yeah, I uh, could completely agree. Um the the rematch with North Carolina was really nice. Um it, it's always good when those teams if those teams times a year, I'm all about it. Um you know, if if they meet each other in the final, that would be probably one of the most watched finals ever. Um but, you know, Duke, like you said, playing some great basketball. Uh, you know, I, I like to say the two things win at tournament time. Good coaching and good guard play. Grace Nowen's playing really good. Uh, Luke Kennard's playing really good. And Jason Tatum's playing the best basketball he's played all year. So when you got three really solid pieces on the floor, uh, you're going to be really tough to beat. Um, the only disclaimer on Duke's, they don't go deep on the bench. I think they typically only go about seven guys. So it'll be interesting to see if that catches up to them from all of my brackets. I, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Coach K knows how to win at this time. He knows how to prepare his guys. And, yeah, uh, nice ACC tournament win for uh, for Duke after, you know, losing that last game of the year to North Carolina and actually – Falling them to the fifth seed as opposed to rising up to the four seed, and who knows if that would have made any difference for them, or if, if that yeah. made the difference for them. Just need to look back and see how things play out. Uh, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they won it, and they're playing really good basketball. One of the hotter teams in America right now, too. All right, yeah, I know you're pretty hyped about this, Ty, but uh, what did you guys think about the Big oh. Ten tournament? Uh, I didn't see it coming <laughs> at all. <laughs> this one's this one, this one's probably the surprise out of all of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess you could start with you know Michigan showing up day of the tournament due to a plane crash or running off the runway. You know, fifty mile an hour winds were blowing, and they show up game one against Illinois in their practice jerseys and win by twenty and. Then they beat Purdue again for the second time this year, which was a big surprise. Took them overtime to do it this time. A good game, though. Uh, and then tough, tough one out against Minnesota and Wisconsin, too. You know, all really good teams. But, you know, Michigan did a lot of things well. They shot the three well. And then late as the tournament went on, they progressed to a more balanced offense. Uh, Mo Wagner kind of disappeared for a while, which if you're a Michigan fan, that's a little concerning. Uh, but you know, he had a, he had a pretty good title game and then DJ Wilson, it seems like if Mo disappears, DJ Wilson shows up. Uh, so that's nice. Derek Walton Jr. has been really good all year. Uh, I think he took it a little, or not named first team Big Ten. I think he had the strong case for it. Um, I understand why he ended up being picked to the second team, but, um, yeah, I mean, Michigan won it. Uh, it landed them a seven seed in the tournament. They were being projected about an eight going in. So, you know, that's kind of a nice little surprise. But, uh, yeah, uh, big surprise for me. You know, at the beginning, they'd be much. Uh, 
but Big Ten champions are in the tournament, and anything can happen from here. Yeah, they were definitely a surprise team. I mean, I thought they were coming in hot. I, I thought they mm-hmm. might uh, get a couple games and you know push push a, a team or so. But I mean, just the way they mm-hmm. ran through and and how consistently they played, uh, like they've been playing over the last month, they're they're scary and they're dangerous. And um, mm-hmm. the uplifted play of of Wilson has been. I mean, I, I'm a little bit on the other side from you, Ty. I, I thought Derek Wilson was a little subpar up until basically middle of last month or so uh, uh, yeah. for being for being a senior and like this mm-hmm. is his year to take over but I mean as of late he's he's been what you would expect your senior leading point guard to be I mean doing a little bit of everything like that that mm-hmm. final game what do you have like 22 seven assists six boards yeah. uh, he he's picked it up and uh, mm-hmm. they're looking scary for at the right time now coming into you know the yeah. big dance. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely agree with you there on Derek Walton. Uh the point, you know, he, he played a lot better in the second half of the season than he did in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I guess a little more specifically the second half of Big Ten play. Mm-hmm. They won eight of their last ten in the regular season. Um then made that that run through the tournament. And like I said, I, I understand why a lot of people didn't pick him first team. Um I mean, like I said, I think it could have gone either way. Uh, the player that got it over him was the point guard for Minnesota. I'm forgetting exactly what his, what his name is right now, but, um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you know, whatever it takes to give me motivation, I guess. Uh, but Darnell, were you hoping for a Michigan, Michigan State matchup? I was. I, I wanted a rubber match just to. I, I was too. I, I thought that would have been a really good game, neutral floor. Yeah. I thought that would have been a lot of fun, a lot of fun for TV. Um, also, a quick shout out to Coach John Beeline being the all-time winning coach of Michigan. Uh, hit that in the Big Ten tournament. So, all right, uh, wow, me... didn't seem like that took too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, guys. Let me just ask you this real quick. Uh, since you guys both love Big Ten basketball, um, just mm-hmm. how pleased were you with the Big Ten uh, conference overall this season? Not very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if, I if mean, you're hey, just looking, your squad won, man. Why? Yeah, I mean, That's they the goal, won right? it, but they, they they won it as the eight seed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it, it, if I had my way, Michigan would have been a top four seed. Um, well, I mean, just look at the Big Ten in general. Look, look at the results for the tournament. Highest seeds of four, and they have what they get seven teams in. Yeah, I believe they got so seven teams in your highest seeds of four. You you should have a Big Ten team being at least a two seed, in my opinion. Like for for your conference to be having a good year, you should have your top seed at least be a two. Um, I mean, look at the ACC; they have you know a number one seed and a number two seed. Uh, the Pac twelve has a two, two, and a couple of threes. Um, I, I understand it. It's just the way it goes, but th- the Big Ten was a little disappointing, and I think anybody would tell you that. Yeah, uh, just because of some of the talent that's in this conference, I think a lot of people expected a bit more out of them, but there there was no separation of like a team. Any one or two teams just kind of 
showing that they were the dominant, the, the alpha in the conference to, to do what Ty was talking about, get up to that, that one, two level, uh, seeding for the tournament. Uh, a lot of thought that would be Purdue, but you know, they, mm-hmm. they drop games people wouldn't expect. Uh, I mean, it, it's looking a little more, it looks better now that Michigan, because of their second half of the year, but like that first time that they kind of just blew the doors off of them, they, it was a odd sight, especially when you have two big time big men like they do with Haas and Swanigan. Uh, you would expect that was probably the team you pencil in to be that top seed. Uh, for my school, they were definitely under par. Uh, I mean, with, with the, the class that they had coming in, I know they lost all of their size basically before the season started. Uh, but coming down to where basically people were still questioning whether they were in and out, in or out coming up to the, to the tournament. That's, that's not usual there. And, but on the other side, I will say, because of how the season worked out for the Big Ten, it shows just how much of a dogfight it was to to earn anything. And I th- think that's why they were still awarded with seven teams in, even though they didn't get a super highly ranked team. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, seven teams in the tournament, I think that's second most, maybe third. It was second. Um, but, but either, it, it, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I'm, Thought, thought they were number two, but, um, you know, I, I don't think we can overstate this year getting into the tournament for the first time. They made an eight seed. Um, you know, you look at a couple, you know, other, other teams that were on the bubble. Iowa was on the bubble. I'm toward the end. Illinois was on the bubble at the end. So, I mean, you know, if, if you think about it, if those teams would have had three more wins out of conference, they could be looking at a birth. You know, so it's one of those situations where in conference play, you're going to beat each other up. That's just how it is. No team is really head and shoulders above anybody else. But I think that shows out of conference play is. But on the flip side, and I think this is the perfect example, Michigan State did pretty poor out of out of conference this year. Very uncharacteristic of them. But they played really tough teams in their out of conference schedule and got a nine seed where you have. Minnesota, who had a cupcake out of conference schedule, I think only lost one game out of conference, and they only get a five seed. I, and I think they only had eight losses all year. So mm-hmm. it shows that out of conference play is very important because, you know, it works up your strength of schedule, your BPI, all of that. But it also proves that uh, you don't have to win those tough games. You just have to be willing to play them and play them tough. Yeah. Uh with, when it comes to the selections committee, uh, AK lot, uh, uh, they put a lot of stock in the strength schedule, RPI, mm-hmm. the Kempom rate, uh, index ratings. They, they, they look at those based the teams are willing to do. They look at some advanced, uh, statistics, uh, team wise. They, they don't just put it into, they don't look at raw wins and losses. So if you play no, Nobody and get 18, 20 wins or whatever. That doesn't guarantee you get a good seating, uh, mm-hmm. versus a team, uh, like, uh, uh, an 
be going to uh, Trey's team that got that got stalled out of of the tournament and in Syracuse Bayheim had a big issue and and he actually called out Michigan State about it uh, because we had we played the tougher schedule had some losses he he was pointing to their wins like they beat Duke but that's an in-conference game that's a game hey they didn't play much of anybody else so that that was a reason why they didn't get in All right, guys. Now, uh, anything left to add uh, about the conference uh, overall conferences? It's all said and done. Yeah, time for the big dance. Yeah, but uh, just real quick, um, just looking at the uh, teams that played, uh, was there just any teams just stuck out to you guys uh, the most that shocked you in these tournaments? Michigan probably is the biggest Biggest one. one, They were the lowest seed to ever win the Big Ten. Yeah. Did to win the Big Ten tournament. Um, I believe all the other major conference teams that won a tournament were the one or the two seed. I mean, I, there, there weren't many low seeds that kind of came out of nowhere this year. So, yeah. I guess yeah, Michigan would be it. Yeah, Michigan head and shoulders above everybody else. Who was the surprise? I mean, they they were playing well coming into the tournament, but anybody thought they were winning the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And uh, just also, like, looking at the uh, teams in the um, conference tourneys, uh, did any of them, based on their performance, based on their performance, did they uh, play a huge role in you probably advancing them further uh, than usual just based on their performance in the uh, conference tournament for the March Madness bracket? I mean, not really. Okay. Yeah, I guess it would just be tooting the same horn, like maybe I feel a little bit more confident in picking Michigan to win maybe an extra game or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm with Darnell on this one. It, it might slight you one game, um, might make you pick a team on an upset for a team that caught your eye. But, I mean, you have a full season's body of work to judge these teams on. Uh, you know, for someone like Darnell and myself who follow it pretty consistently from in the very beginning, you know, we know what these teams are capable of when we've seen them progress all year long. So just to base it off the, think of prime examples, Kansas, they lost their first round game to TCU, a team that, um, and I'm still going to pick them to go very far. So the conference tournament doesn't give much water for me. It, it's the full season's body of work. And we've seen plenty of these teams not judge them just based off of you know, four games in four days. Okay. All right, to change it up a little bit, uh, we're about to talk about uh, Lonzo Ball's dad. Um, I believe his name's LeVar Ball. Uh, he's been making <laughs> quite some fuss uh, in the uh, NCAA right now. He's probably getting more fuss right now than his actual son. But um, what do you guys just think about him, uh, you know, with him talking about son being better than Steph and, you know, he deserves a $1 billion shoe deal and <laughs> – all this stuff. Uh, what do you guys make of this? I mean, I mean, he's he's doing his best to promote his son. Well, his sons, because I mean, basically, he he's uh, he speaks volumes for all three. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he 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 think I think he knows he possibly has a gold mindset set up, so he's trying to lay that groundwork for once they. Uh, 
going into uh, the professional ranks. Uh, like Lonzo, I mean, he, he he's saying stuff that's ridiculous. So, I mean, I'm not going to give any credence to anything. His son is not a better shooter than Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, LeVar has gone as far as to say he would beat Michael Jordan <laughs> one-on-one back in the day. And it was like, come on, dude. You, yeah, I think it came out. Like he two points. It's a game in college. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> no, one not. year he played. Yeah. So, like, let's just chill that out. But, I mean, he... He's trying to lay some groundwork. I mean, he pressure on his kids to succeed. That's that's for sure. But I mean, if he gets to turn out to be right, and all three, two out of the three, whatever, turn out to be something special, and they're what is it, Triple B clothing brand? If 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 that can hit, um, yeah. 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 If that can hit, and he can get some kind of co marketing deal done with their Under Armour or something like that. Then he, he did what he set out to do. Yeah. I think he's just trying to make sure that money stays in the family. Uh, I guess that's that's how I take it. But, but I mean, he, he is ridiculous in the stuff that he's saying. He, he's outlandish in the stuff he's saying. But he, he's making yeah. headlines, so I guess he's going by that. Uh, all press is good press. press I, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, you hear my son's better than Steph Curry, and you kind of turn your head a little bit, you're like, did I hear that right? Yeah. <laughs> and and then, you know, so it's, you know, first impressions of LeVar Ball are a little, alright, this this dude just loves his kids, he's gonna talk them up, like, that's fine, we'll let him talk. And then the whole billion dollar shoe deal comes out. Um, and, you know, you might think, alright, that's just crazy. But he actually kind of thought it out. He said he doesn't want a billion dollars just given to me. He's like, you can even make it over 10 years. So he's thought about it. He's thought this out. Like, this isn't just, oh, I'm going to wake up one day and say, I want my kids to get a billion dollar shoe deal. Like, he actually has put thought into this stuff. Like, he's a businessman. He he knows it's in the limelight. It's going to be the key. And he's just trying to do that. And I understand it. Um, I'm not going to be too hard on the guy. But when you say that you're going to be a one-on-one that he's not fast enough to get around you. I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna start to look the other way. Yeah. But you know, and then it came out Charles Barkley's me one-on-one, and then he comes out saying, "Man, Barkley needs to stay behind the desk at TNT." Yeah. You know, it's you know, a lot of it is probably in good humor and good fun. I, I don't think Levar Ball would come out and say, you know, I really think Michael Jordan's, you know a bum. You know, he's not coming out and really saying that. I think a lot of it's just him having some fun, him, you know, I don't know. It's clear that he just wants what's, you know, going to bring his kids future success. There, There's no doubt in that. And, you know, I heard on a talk show earlier this week that LeVar Ball is actually a really cool dude. Some guy went to a Chino Hills game where, uh, his two other sons play and this guy was going to the bathroom and LeVar walked up behind him and he said, and he just made normal conversation. Like it was absolutely nothing. And people would come up and want their picture with him. And he, you know, no, no complaints. No, you know, it didn't seem like the kids were bugging him or anything. So, you know, see, it, it sounds like he's a pretty cool dude. You know, he'd be good for a lot of laughs. That's for sure. But too much problem with what he's doing because at the 
the end of the day, it's going to be brands like Nike and Adidas that are making final decisions. And they, they've heard parents blow their kids up bigger than a balloon. So they know what's real. They know what's not real. They're on them for a short period of time. But hey, you know, you can't blame the guy for trying to step out and really bring in some success. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you guys, uh, this, um, especially you, Darnell, because I think you saw, uh, Steph Curry live in the tournament. Um, just looking at their, the college careers of the guys, like, would you say that, uh, Lonzo was a better player than Steph during, uh, his college career, or would you give Steph the edge over him or what? I mean, probably as a freshman, he's, he's better than Steph was his freshman year at, uh, I, I don't think that's, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's too crazy to say. Uh, but I mean, just seeing what Steph Curry has become, like that, that's, that's quite a, a, a ceiling to give your son <laughs> to become, like to be considered better than what people are already calling the best shooter of all time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's one where it's kind of like pump your brakes, sir. Just <laughs> let the kid live. Let him. Let let's see what he turns out to be. I mean, if you want to say that stuff mm-hmm. to him behind closed doors to motivate him, okay. But like some of that is putting undue heat on his child. Because uh, I mean, if he doesn't come into the NBA averaging what Steph's first year he did, still average something like fourteen and five or six assists. Yeah. Like, if he's not putting numbers like that up, then even numbers, that's going to go for people going, well, what's up? I thought this was the next Steph, yeah. Steph 2.0 coming out. Yeah. So, but it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I would have, he's, he's put that kind of pressure on the kids since they were young. Cause I mean, he said once, once is, uh, the youngest one, which I think is LaMelo, uh, he said once he got to the high school that they were all in, they wouldn't lose another game. And I mean, he was close to right. They, they, they went undefeated to win a state championship, uh, Alonzo's last year. And they, they lost their first game this year and it was in the state championship for the high school team. So, I mean, all, all I know is they need to learn to play some defense. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the highlights of the, of any of their games, it's literally full court football passes to a wide open ball. Yeah, they do a lot of ch- pick it, cherry picking. Yeah. yeah, and then they don't get back on defense. <laughs> so they 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 can learn to play some defense before they get a billion dollar shoe deal. I mean, I understand you don't play defense in the NBA. James Harden's living proof, but got to play some defense in college. Yeah, yeah. Yep, uh, Steph Curry, his rookie year, 17.5 points, 5.9 assists, 1.9 steals. So, just have to see so, how yeah, dude so ball. I shorted him on points. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a <laughs> strong drink of coffee. Yeah. All right, guys, now, uh, regular season's open. Like I said, uh, March Madness about to start. Uh, who's, who are you guys, uh, candidate for player of the year? Hmm. Tough race, Zach. I really, I think there's a clear winner, but uh, a lot of people around America would argue. But I think it's going to be Frank Mason. Uh, the guy played big in big games. Uh, 
He had really solid numbers. Dude's a true leader on the floor. Uh, I mean, toward the end of the season when they were playing, uh, you know, Baylor, you know, guy puts up 20, 28, 29 points and maybe even 30. I can't exactly remember, but uh, Frank Mason's just been doing it all this year for uh, for Kansas. And I, I, I feel as the season progressed, he'll connect that him and Josh Jackson really formed. And, and I think without Frank Mason, um, being the type of player that he is, uh, I don't know that Josh Jackson would have turned into the player that he turned into, which ended up being a really solid player. You know, for this season, Frank Mason's at 20.8 points a game, 4.1 rebounds, and 5.1 assists. I understand that that's not, you know, you know, killer numbers, but I think that's real solid all around numbers. Um, you know, I think you could make a strong case for Caleb Swan again and all the double doubles and, Josh Hart out of Villanova, but personally, I really like Frank Mason. He would have my vote if I had a vote that even counted. Yeah, I, I go with that as well. I I don't really think it's too much of an argument. I think it's probably going to be Frank Mason. Uh, Josh Hart will probably be a distant second. Uh, Mason's just been consistent all year. He's He's been at the top of the stat sheet for Kansas and for a team that I do think may have some Achilles heels to it uh, that in a one game situation, they might get exposed, but he's not a part of it. Then that, that rock for him uh, that uh, you can depend on getting, you, you know what you're going to get out of him. And he's been consistently good. And I, I think he he's proven through the year, through the season. He's, he's definitely uh, the, the player of the year. Yeah, uh, and, and just real quick, Frank Mason is averaging more points and assists than Josh Hart, just uh, about two fewer rebounds a game. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, it's about that time. Let's get ready to talk about some March Madness. Uh, just before we get really get into it, just real quick, uh, how many brackets did you guys do? Oh, I think I'm at eight. I think I filled out eight this year. Currently filling out my second and third. Oh, so you got some catching up to do for Todd, man. Damn, eight. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm getting eight. I got. I got maybe. Well, here, here's here's the thing. I, I fill out two real quick ones based on instinct, and uh, the first one is straight instinct. The second one, I go a little more rationale. Uh, my third one, but because I'm too tired at that point from all the thinking I just did. I fill one out where Michigan wins the whole thing <laughs> just in case it happens. Because the one time it happens, I won't fill out a bracket where they won it all and I'd feel absolutely terrible. And then I try and mix it up on a few of the other ones. Uh, maybe make one a little more upset heavy. You know, put a little more reason into a couple other ones. So, you know, it's not all just random, and and I don't go out saying, "Oh, I picked, I picked the national champion on my thirty fifth bracket." Yeah, I don't brag about that, but I fill out a few. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, just what do you guys think about the seedings? Uh, I know earlier you guys were talking about how you think uh, the Big Ten kind of got snubbed a little bit with the seed, uh, the seedings, but uh, just overall, how do you guys feel about the seedings for the uh, tournament? 
I don't. I don't think they got snubbed. I don't. Oh, you don't think they earned like any, no, no. Okay. I, yeah, I, I'm just going like I said. I thought it showed that they were a pretty like they're still a good conference just because I mean they got seven teams in. They're the second tied for second most teams for any conference getting in. So I mean they're they're a good good conference, but it's just they're not top heavy at all. They're just okay. Yeah, a, a t uh pack teams kind of. Um, mm-hmm. but I thought overall the seating was one of the better years. I don't feel like there's too many teams where I'm just like, how did they get this high or how did they get this low? Uh, I thought everybody was well within their range actually this year. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, if you, if you finish about any fourth and seventh in your conference, you're probably looking at anything between a you know, four and a seven seed. So a lot of teams fell, I think, where they're supposed to. You know, I think you could potentially argue, you know, some of the lower seeds. Like, if you follow the teams, you could argue, like, oh, Wichita shouldn't be a 10 seed. They should be a nine or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I agree with Thornell. I actually really like the seedings this year. I think they were very fair, very balanced. And... Yeah, I have, I have zero issues. Okay. Uh, now, what about the regions? Uh, is there a particular region that stands out uh, to you guys the most, or you think they're all pretty good, or what? Uh, I, I mean, they're they're never all even. Of course, once you kind of just look <laughs> at it, and lay it out, uh, I think probably. The East and Midwest are the toughest on the one seeds. Uh, Villanova got the number one overall seed, but they have to deal with Duke. Uh, they got Baylor in there, Athletic, uh, depending on that. Wisconsin's smart. Yeah. Uh, and then it, depending on Virginia or Florida in that, uh, Elite Eight, whoever they play, both of those are tough matchups just because of, and, Virginia's defense and Florida's the only other kind of all around decent team in the SEC that they drew. And then in the Midwest region, uh, you know, Kansas, they have to deal with Louisville, who's, who's a very good team. Uh, Michigan, who's hot. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to give Michigan State too much praise, but you know, they, they do have some very good freshmen if they were to click in a game. Yeah, and and like I said earlier, Kansas is a team that I feel they they do have some some things that can be exposed. Sometimes they do get a little complacent in games, and and their offense can stall. So, uh, and and also you know Purdue's in that region, and just because of how big they are and what they can do, uh, I I think they're a matchup nightmare for a. Yeah, um, I agree. I also think, personally, I would probably put that south region over that east region, just because I think the one, two, and three seed in that south region is probably the best one, two, and three out of out of all of them. I mean, you're looking at North Carolina, Kentucky, and UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, in that region, you also have, I think you have some better middle of the pack teams. You're looking at Butler. Cincinnati, Minnesota, and then if you want to even bring up a 
potential Wichita State, who's a really good mid-major this year. Uh, um, I think that South region is pretty tough. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, say any of them's harder than the other ones. Like I, I told you guys before we got on, you know, when it's one and done, it's all hard. <laughs> you know, yeah. Easy game in a one and done scenario. So, you know, I, I look at it, you know, I take every, every team with a grain of salt. Um, you know, looking at, looking at picks and stuff, I feel like I struggled the most in that South region, personally. Uh, any particular matchups, uh, that, you know, just stuck out to you that you were just having trouble with? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to do some thinking about, uh, of course, my schools match up. I think that's kind of a coin flip game. I, I went with the Spartans just out of being an alumni, but uh, it's a matchup that scares me. Uh, I think uh, Oklahoma State is actually mm-hmm. a comparable team to Michigan because of yeah. how potent their offense is. Uh, they they leave some things to be desired on defense, so that might be uh, a different difficult one uh to call uh it'll be a fun game i think uh that game like both teams might put up 90 <laughs> uh yeah. but that was one that i had to think a lot about uh creighton rhode island uh, yeah. that's one that um, i'm looking at might be an upset special there uh and i mean there's other teams that I think are close. Uh, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech. I think that was another good matchup there, too. Yeah, now, now, Tran, no, no change in brackets here if we start giving some results. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I agree with you there, Darnell. Rhode Island, I think I, on another 11 seed, I have a very close eye on is Xavier. Uh, yeah, Mar- Maryland has been a little upsetting this year. Uh, Mellow Trimble kind of fell off, fell off the map, and, and you didn't hear about him at all after just about hearing all about him last year. So I'm I'm looking at Xavier as an 11 seed. You know, I'm looking at Wichita State as a 10, pulling a pretty favorable matchup against a 7 seed Dayton. Uh, you know, another low seed I'm looking at is Marquette. Um, I think they they could win a first round matchup. A lot of people are talking about East Tennessee State. Um, sorry to stitch wounds, but uh, a lot of people still talking about Middle Tennessee being better than they were last year. So <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of low seeds are getting a lot of love this year, um, which, which makes it interesting, you know. And as uh, Darnell alluded to, a couple of them, but all the eight nine games are always a toss up. Uh, a lot of people are talking about the Princeton Notre Dame than you might think. So, yeah, I mean, granted, I, I don't look past any game. You know, I'll be watching as many of them as I can. So, uh, yeah, uh, there, there are a few that are tougher than others, but um, <clears throat> just I, I think a lot of teams pulled really good matchups for the first round. All right, guys. Uh, now, how uh, far do you think your teams will actually go? Uh, no, one of your brackets, Ty, you said that you got Michigan going all the way, but uh, you have to. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. Yeah, but just you know, yeah, realistically, uh, just how are you guys feeling? 
And I got, you know, you kind of just brought it up, Darnell, but that Michigan State Miami matchup, uh, that's going to be one I'm definitely going to be waiting to see, man. I'm just, uh, you know, they lost Michigan State. They lost a key player in Harris. I think, you know, if it was to get tough, he could have been the guy that could get the team together, uh, especially those young bucks on that team and, you know, get them mentally, uh, prepared, you know, to come back or anything if it was to be close or, you know, just keep them in there. Uh, but, yeah, this Michigan State Miami matchup, man. I'm I'm definitely gonna be checking that one out. So yeah, but just you know, you guys take the floor, man. How do you think your teams will do? Well, I mean, as much as I love my team, I'm a realist about them. I got them winning one game and going out. Uh, really? I, I I do I do want to see them play Kansas. I, I like the idea of the matchup. You know, Josh Jackson versus Michigan mm-hmm. State. Uh, he. he he picked Kansas over state. Those were his final two teams. Uh, you know, just to kind of see how him and, and Miles Bridges would go at it. I think that would be fun to watch. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, just, just going, trying to be real. I, I have him losing to Kansas in a second. You, I mean, like, how's your faith, man? Because, you know, even though this is a young team, man, you guys do got a coach. Uh, he's known to make a spark in this tournament. So, like, is it? I, I, I don't think they're going to get just blown out by Kansas or anything like that. But yeah. I just, I just don't think they have enough. Uh, and just there, there hasn't been enough consistency in the team for me to feel comfortable just saying, Oh yeah, I think like, I, I, I give them like a 70, 60% chance to beat Kansas or a 50, 50 chance. Uh, I mean, okay. if things, if things click, uh, but I mean, just things have to, ha- they have to go against a lot of their tendencies to win this game. They would have to not turn the ball over, which they do a lot. Uh, Nick Ward would have to stay out of foul trouble, which he gets in every game as good <laughs> as he is. He, he, he only plays 15, 20 minutes a game because he's sitting with two fouls usually, uh, early in the second half. And, you know, Br- Bridges is going to do what he does. Uh, he, he's going to get you points. He's going to get you all around everything. Uh, but we would need some role players to step up. Uh, Alvin Ellis, he dots. Uh, Matt McQuaid would have to, uh, hit some big shots to step up and, uh, catch Winston with, he, he would have to be just, uh, he, he wouldn't be able to give the ball up. He, he would have to just make sure everybody is in position and, they would have to make a lot of smart plays to win that game. All right. Yeah. I'll just give a quick two cents on Michigan State as well. You know, I agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Miami is an older, more experienced team. Michigan State is a younger, younger team. I think they both match up fairly well athletically um, and athleticism, I think. Um, that game could be very interesting. Both teams like to play fast. But I think Michigan State would slow it down a little bit and really work their offense, work the bigs down low. Um, but but I, like I said, I think it all just boils down to they haven't had the consistency all year. So the confidence is extremely high, and, and I, I agree with you there. But I, I guess in terms of, of Michigan, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to pick them to beat Oklahoma State just because it's the team. You, know, you always pick them to win one. Um, but it, it, if they play the way they played the Big Ten tournament, I think they should get past Oklahoma State, you know, in a competitive game, but without too much problem, um, fairly well. 
Oklahoma State likes to shoot it. Uh, they got a couple good guards. I think the guard matchups are going to be really good this game. Uh, but after I have them advancing there, I'll have them losing to Louisville. Louisville's a really good rebounding team, and that's what Michigan just fails to do. If, if they give up a lot of offensive rebounds, they struggle big time. Like, they were up 15 on Minnesota, and Minnesota started getting some offensive rebounds, and they tied the game up. So, uh, a Rick Pitino coach team, if they, you know, lead, they tend to hold on to it. And if they come from behind and catch up, they tend to take the lead. So, um, it'll be a rematch of that final from a few years ago, but, uh, build a better team, rebound better. Uh, Michigan would have to be hot for free if they want to beat Louisville. Um, and that's why I have them winning it all in one of my brackets. <laughs> if they just find a way to shoot like 80% from three for the tournament, but <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But yeah, most, most likely I have them losing to Louisville. I think there's only one, one or two of my eight brackets where I have them actually beating Louisville. All right, guys. Now, uh, well, you have anything else to add, Ty? No, just okay. the odds aren't there. The odds okay. aren't there. So, all right, guess yeah. So, just you know, like I said, it's uh, March Madness it starts up tomorrow and Friday. Uh, you know, like you said uh, before the show, uh, Darnell, you're going to be taking those days off. Uh, just looking at these matchups, uh, what what which matchups are you guys excited for the most to watch? Hey, you know, I think that. Uh in terms of the first round, you know, we, we can't really talk much past that first round. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all of the 8-9 matchups tend to be good games because you, who the number one seed is going to be most likely be facing. Um, so all the 8-9s should be pretty good. Um, I'll be really interested to watch Northwestern, see how they perform their first tournament ever. But if there's, like, a legit, like, you should probably be watching this game right now. I'll probably go with, uh, um, and, and, it, and it's so hard because yeah, I'm going to watch them all anyway. But yeah, for I, me, Ty, I, I'm, I don't know all these teams, man. Which one should I watch? Yeah, I, honestly, Miami, Michigan State will be a really good one. I'm going to watch that one. Regardless. A lot of fun. Yeah, I think I think that game could be good. And, you know, everyone's talking to Middle Tennessee State again. So I think Middle Tennessee State versus uh, Minnesota will be a good one. Uh, Minnesota's pretty athletic and can, uh, they're a strong defensive team. So, you know, they they talk about Middle Tennessee's offense running a lot of confusing looked, you know, motions and screens and they, they tend to catch defenses off guard. So it'll be interesting to see a good defensive team play against a team that, you know, a lot of people say confuses defenses. Oh. Those will probably be the two that I would say you should probably keep an eye on. Uh, like I said, Michigan State and Miami, just because those are two more prominent programs, uh, solid squads. And then uh, a Minnesota Middle Tennessee game for the potential upset. All right. Yeah. And, I mean, like I said earlier, I, th- I think the <laughs> we're picking each other's schools. Uh, this. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I think the Oklahoma State Michigan game is going to be fun. Just it's going to be up and down, and uh, two really good offenses playing. Uh, so I, I would I would pencil that in, or or say anybody should try to make sure they tune into that one because uh, I think that'll be fun, and I think Xavier Maryland will be fun to watch too. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'll be a good game. Yeah, I, I think 
from what both of us mentioned, I think those are the ones to watch where you might get that crazy finish where somebody's hitting the shot with seconds left to win a game. All right. Hey, it, it just shows, it shows even though our schools hate each other, we can be cordial about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're, we're really good people. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we're just about to right now. Let's look at our uh, at least elite eight, and then you know break it down from there uh, to see who we have in the finals. Um, so, uh, guy, like, who who wants to start off first with the with their elite eight? I I can start it. Okay. Yeah, Aaron, this is the bracket I filled out for our group, so I'm not gonna all of a sudden say, "Oh, well, this is the bracket I really meant." I- I'll stick to this one for you guys. <laughs> um. In the East region, I have Villanova playing Duke. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to have that. I think they're just the two clear-cut best teams in the East. Uh, in the Midwest, I have Kansas versus Louisville. Uh, uh, once again, I think they're just the, the, the two best teams coming out of that region. So um, I got the ones versus the, the twos. But then I come down to the South region where I have North Carolina playing UC. I have UCLA edging out Kentucky to get to that point, and I think that that'll just be one of those games where they they just drain too much energy beating Kentucky, and then North Carolina just catches them. So uh, I got UNC versus UCLA in the South, and then in the West, I have Notre Dame beat Notre Dame versus Arizona. I, I think Arizona's the best team in that region, even though Gonzaga already beat him once this year, but I think Notre Dame will pull off the upset on Gonzaga there. Uh, Gonzaga always seems to fall a little short when they get hyped, so I'm going to try and stick away from them a little bit. So then from my final four, the East, I have Duke coming out of the Midwest, I have Kansas coming out of the South, I have North Carolina coming out of the West, I have Arizona. And then I have the national championship game of Duke versus Kansas. Oh, wait one second. Let me just make sure this is the one I'm doing for us. Oh, no, it's not. I lied. <laughs> All right, I promise. Here, let, let, my, let, let me do my idea. I'll let you uh, no, grab. No, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, my, my elite eight, my elite eight is the same, except for I have West Virginia and Kentucky. So I, I still have Duke Villanova. North Carolina, Kentucky, and Arizona, West Virginia, not Notre Dame there. So I have West Virginia. I like West Virginia's defense, press, all that good stuff. So then I have Villanova versus Arizona, Kansas versus UNC, and I have Arizona versus Kansas in the final with Arizona winning it all. All right. Here, I'll there go, go next because um, my tab was about to get ready to die. Um, so just to get it out of the way with um, – Right. For my East, I have Villanova and Duke. For mm-hmm. my uh, Midwest, I have Kansas and Louisville. For the South region, I have UNC versus South, uh, UCLA. And mm-hmm. for the West, I have Gonzaga and Arizona. For my Final Fours, I have uh, Villanova versus Gonzaga. And Kansas versus UCLA. And for my national championship game, I have Villanova beating UCLA. And just for the tiebreaker, I had the score being 73 to 70. So. 
right. What do you guys think about the bracket? It's not not that crazy. No, you're you're giving LeVar Ball a lot to talk about. Yeah, man. That's for sure. Oh, Gotta make his dad right. proud, but he's gonna fall out, fall short in the final. So the o- the only reason I don't have UCLA going as far as you do, the reason defense. I have them losing in, in either the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight is I don't know that their defense is yeah. good enough to make the full run. I can respect that for sure. It's yeah. it, it, it's their blemish, and yeah. I don't know. You have to play some solid defense at some point, and maybe this will be the time where they do it. I, I wouldn't count them out. Yeah. Uh, and I guess just to clear, these are our picks from our uh, ESPN Tournament Challenge, uh, yeah, one yeah. that we have set up. Uh, you can search Don't Kill the Messenger, uh, or the ID number is 71405044. Uh, if you want to join, if, you, if uh, you're hearing this in time. Uh, but to round it out for us, my, my Elite Eight hit that I have here, uh, coming out of East, I uh, Villanova and Baylor. Ooh, Coming ooh. out of the Midwest, ooh. I have Kansas and Louisville. In the South, UNC, UC. Yep, the sweep there, I think, for us. Oh, no, Tyler. Had I, I, I had Kentucky. Yeah, yeah I did. Kentucky. And then, uh, <laughs> and then in the West, I have Gonzaga and Arizona. Um, uh, I have Baylor. Arizona, Kansas, Ooh, UNC. Yep. Right. And in the final, the final, I have Arizona over UNC, seventy-four seventy. All right. And what, I guess just what's, what's, it, uh, why do you like Baylor uh, so much? Because uh, you know, me and Ty I think we both had Duke. Uh, what sticks to you the most uh, about Baylor? Darnell. Just the athleticism there. Okay. It, it, yeah. this, they're the one that could blow up on me. They they did last year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I won't go against that. I just they're. I mean, if if they they could just put it together for a couple games, they they're one of the most athletic teams in in college basketball. So, yeah. uh, just if they can hold it together and and play like they can, tournament, I I do think they have they ha- they can match up well enough with Duke to make life hell for them yeah. uh, to try to deal with and and. Basically the same with Villanova, especially Villanova coming out of a conference where they don't play a lot of teams as talented as they are. Yeah. Uh, so I think that might be something playing into their favorite era. I, I, I just think they, they're kind of nicely placed in this region where they can sneak into that final four spot. But I, I, I don't, I don't have enough faith in them to put them. Uh, all the way. I think Arizona is just playing that well right now where I think they're just they're that team to beat for me. Okay. Yeah. And Darnell basically just ran through the whole scenario I have. Like, my my first instinct bracket, I I went with Duke. You know, they're high. But then I started thinking... Yeah, Duke winning it all? Round before. And I'm like... Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like... I'm picking Duke, but what if they lose in like the first or second round? Then my bracket's screwed. <laughs> like, but that's the that's the fun about it. You don't know when this team's gonna win or when they're gonna lose, and you just kind of have like a self panic attack. And you're like, yeah. "Wow, I look like a big idiot if they lose in the second round." <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I'm excited for this, guys. Uh, you know, this is going to be uh, some fun basketball to watch. Man, I just love the energy uh, that, you know, the college kids just bring to the game uh, for basketball. You know, this time of the year, you know, I love NBA, but uh, just the hype, the excitement, uh, the energy, uh, this sport, uh, this sport around this time of year, man, this is like no other sport, man. So I'm definitely going to be checking this uh tournament out you know the whole time whenever i can so this is just going to be fun you guys have anything else to add what was that you broke up a little bit okay you guys have anything else to uh add for the tournament no i just can't wait till noon tomorrow okay yeah (laughs) yeah trey and you better be watching as many as you can oh yeah man i am so uh I have nothing really yeah. to do tomorrow, so yeah, I'm going to be checking these out, man. This is going to be some fun basketball to watch. So I was going to say, at some point, come over, Trey. I'll get you a sour or two to try. Okay, yeah, man. I'll yeah, I'll be uh, yeah, I can head right over there after uh, getting my haircut <laughs> and stuff. So be right down the street. So yeah, check it out, man. But as always, guys, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to the show. Um, you can check us out on Twitter um, at DKM underscore cast. Uh, you can also find this podcast uh, basically everywhere. SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, just hit us up in that search engine. Uh, so like I, like I said, man, just excited for this tournament. Uh, I'm definitely going to be might as well definitely be glued to the TV uh, just watching these guys go out there and just ball out. So y'all take it easy and have a good one. Peace.